Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the sixth Film Buds bonus show. And my name is Henry. And no Chloe this time around, uh, but she will be back for the regular show later this week on, on Toy Story 4. But joining me once again is my buddy Jacob Bowers, or uh, Jacob number one, as he's also known on the show. So, Jacob, thanks for coming back on, man. Yeah, no problem. The sixth, really. Yep. J- yeah, sixth bonus show. And yeah, so this, this time my, around. This is my third. Right? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, you've been on, on two already. But this time around, we are going to be talking about the John Wick trilogy, which the third one just came out back in May. And then we're also going to be doing a bonus review of Atomic Blonde, the Charlize Theron 2017 spy thriller that the co-director of the first John Wick directed. And he's also going to be doing the new Hobbs and Shaw Fast and Furious film later this year. So just a huge deal. But yeah, so and if you aren't aware of our other bonus shows that's on the filmbuds.bandcamp.com and usually you know you pay a donate a dollar to download those which you can still do and that link is also in the show notes but guess what jacob this one you're getting for free we're releasing this one on the house maybe just as a little extra bonus for our two-year anniversary celebration and so yeah uh we're just gonna be talking some some great action movies Every every sixth bonus show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And all right, well, Jacob, how are you doing, man? You're still waiting to hear back about your big move to yeah, South yeah. Korea. Still waiting, kinda kinda playing with my emotions right yeah. now. But, yeah, man. you know. Just kinda trying to hang out, enjoy my summer. Yeah. You know. Uh excited to talk about John Wick. Yeah. Huge fan. Yeah. Of both John Wick and Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. Both of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to get uh, Jacob Swafford on, who's been on the show, but he, he wasn't able to. But Today? He, yeah, because he was a huge... I mean, as as well as you, like because he's, he's a big Keanu Reeves fan. But Yeah, when I, I listened to the two-year anniversary show, um, and I guess I missed this episode or something. He was on talking about Star Wars, and he was... He and, he and uh, he Sky was, Tilly were on an episode together. some shade at me. For like an attack <laughs> yeah yeah well if you haven't checked out our most recent regular show which is episode 87 we did do a two-year anniversary celebration which consisted of a number of compilations of clips from over the last two years and so if you haven't checked that out yet or if you're relatively new to the show make sure to do that because it was a it was a fun time did you enjoy uh the clips jacob oh yeah yeah, yeah. it was uh there was some stuff that I hadn't heard before and some stuff that I had. Yeah. Real Just funny. Got to relive it, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, well, a couple of clips included you as well, yeah. you know, on our guest uh, segment. But, all right, well, I guess we can maybe start off by just talking about our introductions to John Wick or, or maybe our overall impressions of the series as a whole. Uh, so, Jacob, you said you've been a fan or or you are a big fan. Did you see the first one in the theater or did yeah. you get to it kind of late? I've seen them all in the theater. It's funny cuz I uh <clears throat> I didn't really know anything about it. Like hadn't hadn't seen any like promotional material or I wasn't really following it. 
this was sort of back in a time when like I watched movies, but it wasn't like a big priority. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like in the theater all the time, but I was friends with a guy who was, and this was a this was a guy that showed me everything under the sun. Like every now and then he'd call me up and he'd be like, "Hey, I got this weird foreign film. You want to come watch it?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And then heck yeah, it'd be like crazy. <laughs> and uh, he was like, but he had very specific tastes, and he asked me to go see John Wick, and I was like. All right, and we went. To, we went to see it, and I was like, "It's not what I was expecting," because I of what I knew about him. Mm. Um, he pretty much only liked weird art house stuff, but then John Wick did actually turn out to be kind of a weird art house, yeah, action movie. Right, you know, the first one anyway. But yeah, that's how I sort of just got asked along to it and didn't really know anything about it. Mm. That's that was my introduction. Yeah. John Wick just crept up on you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll say this may be a hot take. I don't know. But until I saw the third one in the theater, I was not a uh, a wicker man, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I, I had seen the first one late. Like I, I uh, saw it back in college with a group of people. And then I didn't see the second one in the theater either. And I just kind of wrote it off a little bit. Just I didn't really get the the huge hype over it. And I was kind of ready to sell on John Wick. But then I saw the third one last month and was just like immediately in. Like I, I just, I was like, oh my God, I've been so stupid. I you know <laughs> wasted so much of my life uh, not watching John Wick. And then I did go back and see the second one and then just rewatched uh, the first one last night. But I, I'm definitely a fan now. I mean, I think that the series has gotten steadily better. And I think that, I mean, we'll get to it, but I think the third one kind of, I I think it'll stand as one of the best ones, uh, regardless of what comes next. Yeah, I have a ton of thoughts. Let's try to order them. But yeah, like, um, the third one, I'd say, is one of the best action movies I've ever seen. Mm. And like I said, it's it's interesting because the first one was sort of like this almost like art house like i could have seen it being directed by a24 or something Mm. like it was it felt really weird like it didn't feel like it was not over the top you know it was it was just very well done very tight very realistic Mm. in what he was doing you know i mean he's like a a one-man army so maybe not that realistic but like he you know obviously keanu reeves trained very hard and you know, learned how to shoot guns and you know, yeah. it was, it felt like this very tight, intimate experience. Also the only one of the three to have a licensed song in it, which was interesting. Interesting. The, the, yeah. The, that uh, like bath house scene. Oh yeah. Which was one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second and third one lean into their goofiness where it's, it still takes this like kind of, realism stance like when it comes down to the shooting you know there's tons of reloading in the fights you know they don't just have bottomless clips and right you know the the martial arts is is very realistic mm-hmm. um but they definitely lean way more into like the the goofiness yeah just the silly crazy over the top <laughs> mm-hmm. like stuff but that to you know that aligns more to my tastes anyway so, right you know like that old the that remake of the A-Team 
with uh, with Liam Neeson. Great film. Bradley Cooper. I love that. And Mission Impossible Fallout. Oh yeah, amazing. You know, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, Keanu is a bit like Tom Cruise these days, where he does really all of his own stunts and feels very dedicated or more committed than a lot of other action stars. It's less so. less creepy though. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well put. Well put. Tom Cruise is a little. <laughs> He's a little wonky, but I still love the guy, you know. He uh It's got a, some some over charismatic traits. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I mean uh, and and then I guess at least briefly touching on Atomic Blonde. So I mean, yeah, this one David Leach uh I I still can't seem to figure out a reason why he was not credited as co-director on the first John Wick, I don't. Maybe he was just doing the stunts or something. Was he not? He was not because uh, I, I was looking at the IMDb and it says it's directed by Chad, uh, the the guy who's done all three. Strahelski, I think. Yeah, and under his name it says David Leach uncredited, and so and and that's what it says in the in titles as well. It's I mean not, I mean he's not mentioned at all. I don't know if you know this tidbit of information. Uh. You know, I'm I'm bad because I don't remember which one it was, but it's either Chad or David that was Keanu Reeves' longtime stunt double for a lot of. I the think it was, was David in. Leach, yeah, I, if I'm not mistaken. But which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, you know, he uh, I guess he was like, let's make an action, <laughs> yeah, starring Keanu Reeves. Yeah, um, he was probably the stunt double for him in that movie. Probably, yeah, but yeah, it, and so. He went on to do Atomic Blonde, and yeah, that one. I mean, was a. I mean, we'll get to it, but was a decent success. And apparently, there is a sequel in development of some mm-hmm. kind. And it's possible they've also discussed with everyone involved a crossover between the two. Yeah, because it kind of feels like same same universe almost. Yeah, al- although the issue would be, I guess, the timeline in terms of because. So I, I'm not sure how they would manage that, but of all the crossovers that there are. That's when I would be down for. So because it almost feels like his, uh, I don't know what what uh, what am I looking for? Like his, um, not like response to John Wick because I mean he also made John Wick, but mm-hmm. like in his head, if he were to make like a female female John yeah. Wick, yeah, yeah, you know, he made Atomic Blonde. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. I guess should we go and jump in? Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into our first review, which is John Wick, released in 2014. And we have a clip. Let's take a listen. So. Ah, then you got married, huh? Settled down. How you manage that, anyways? Not good, yes. Yeah, while you had your wife, I had my son. And believe me, you had a far better deal. (laughs) And then you left. And the way you got out, lying to yourself that the past held no sway over the future. But in the end, a lot of us are rewarded for our misdeeds. Which is why God took your wife and unleashed you upon me. This life. 
follows you. All right, so like I said, John Wick was released in 2014 and is directed by Chad Stileski and his uh, uncredited co-director David Leach. And it stars Keanu Reeves, Michael Nikvist, Alfie Allen, Willem Dafoe, Dean Winters, Adrian Palicki. Uh, that's about it. Oh, and Ian McShane as well. And uh, just a little background. So the film, uh, against a budget of somewhere between 20 and 30 million, grossed 88.8 million. And so, I mean, not a, not a huge blowout, but pretty decent for uh, a first film. And I think Atomic Blonde did about the same. And yeah, so this one definitely made a... I remember when it came out, and a lot of people were talking about it. And again, I got to it way late, so I, I wasn't don't really have many any memories of seeing it in the theater. But um, it, it was nice to go back and rewatch it last night after a few years of uh, it just sitting with me, you know. <laughs> but uh, well, what do you think of the first John Wick? Uh... You know, other than what I've uh, I've already said, um, it's just. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> it's just a, a um a very solidly built uh, action movie. I really don't have any issues with it. It's um. It's it has a tight objective, a little bit slower paced, not very many super well-known actors you know you've got like keanu reeves what? and willem dafoe well i mean it's got like it's got a handful actually i mean well, yeah but i i guess compared to what comes next yeah yeah you got like halle berry mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah um but uh it's got um god what's his name the guy that plays the russian guy that he has like that boss battle with at the end the the guy from the girl with the dragon tattoo the swedish the guy who who's the villain in this movie was the played uh Michael um in the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo series, the the Swedish ones. He was also that uh he was also in Snatch, wasn't he? Guy Ritchie. Maybe. I'm not sure. And then well he and then he was also the villain in I think the fourth mission possible as well. So it's like the old guy, grey beard, Russian. Not the uh well here, I'll show you a picture. Um, but no, the one I'm thinking of Some technical difficulties. Yeah, sorry everybody about this <laughs> this little thing here. Um uh, let's get going. That guy. Is he is he in Snatch? What's his filmography? I, here? I, I will look. I will look. Uh let's uh hang out here, everybody. I'm not seeing a snatch credit. No. With his beard, he looks exactly like that the Russian guy from Snatch. Oh yeah, all the guns. Yeah, um, but yeah, so he's the villain, and then we also do have the guy from Game of Thrones, who's yeah, the yeah. Ian McShane, of course. Yeah, yeah, Lance Reddick, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess a little bit more of a filled out cast than I thought, but um, I had forgotten. I watched all three of them in one day. I watched the first two, and then I went to see the third one in theaters. I had forgotten that Willem Dafoe was in this one. I had two, actually. <laughs> so, so I saw him, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, it's just Willem Dafoe. Yeah. and um, Doing his thing. This doesn't have as much of the sort of world building 
as the second and third one. It's more of just a story that is focused on John Wick himself, and it's a tragedy. Uh, you know, he's mourning the loss of his wife, mourning the loss of his dog. That's what the whole movie is sort of cent- centered around. And that's it's funny, this guy that I, uh, my friend that took me to see John Wick 1, we went to see the second one. I don't know if he's seen the third one. I haven't talked to him in a long time, but we went to see the second one, and he like hated it because mm. he said... He was like, it had almost nothing to do with the dog. And I'm like, well, I don't really think that's the point anymore. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, right. Um, but that it was, it was just so, it was a brilliant, brilliantly written script because it's so simple. It just had this, this idea of this dog representing this larger thing mm-hmm. and just centering the whole movie around that. And, and there's a brilliant scene where I believe. He doesn't even pick up a gun until like like 20, 25 minutes into the movie or something. Yeah, when the assassins show up. Yeah, when he first picks it up, it's like he's that's him like stepping back into this yeah. life and he's got the sledgehammer and great scene. You know, it's just Yeah. Uh and Keanu Reeves is amazing in it. Like it's not something you uh, you really saw coming with Keanu Reeves, I don't think. You know, he was in The Matrix, which was more like a goofy action series in my opinion you know oh yeah i mean they did what they could with with what they had but i believe that turned the coined the term wire foo i'm just <laughs> flying around everywhere <laughs> but uh but yeah it's not something i would have ever expected out of keanu reeves based on his previous roles and and you know when i when i saw him in that role i was just like wow you know keanu reeves kills it and he's got the he's he he doesn't bring the typical action movie star look you know he's not super muscular like Mm -hmm. just shining beautiful man with you know like uh like arnold in in commando or something right but he's he just looks like dirty he's got the long hair and the neck beard and he's just greasy and like it works (laughs) like it just yeah one thing i will say i i do and i only really noticed it in the third one but i do appreciate how they don't make him like super cut and uh, in, in, like in terms of his physique. Cause if you think about it, he is just running from one place to another, getting, you know, just little bits of rest when he can and otherwise just running for his life really. Mm-hmm. And so he never really has time to like go to the gym. And so it, it does make more sense for him to be while muscular, of course, cause he's fighting, but not as like, he's not a Ethan hunt kind of physique. Right. In it and which which I like. That's um, uh that's something I like about the three movies. You know, it first one ends, the second one is seconds later mm-hmm. or probably a few days later. Third one picks up seconds after the second one ends. It's funny, there's the that woman, the um the adjudicator in the third one, she drops that line about he's killed scores of men in just the past couple of weeks. Right. Like, has it really been that short of a time? I think it has that? been, which is crazy <laughs> to think about. I mean, obviously you know. that's a crazy month for mm-hmm. anybody, but, oh, and I guess we, I, I didn't say it on the show yet, but for our bonus show, uh, and then I guess we might try and do it from now on for all the bonus shows. We are going to end off all of the, the, after all four reviews with our top five highs and lows of the four films. And so we might try and do that from now on, but, um, just make sure to stay tuned for the for the end of the show uh, on that stuff. But this one, so getting back to John Wick, uh, but uh, that that's just my uh, my my dump of sort of 
first thoughts. Disconnected thoughts. You yeah. Know? But uh, I'm, I'm not as articulate as some people on the that, show. That's all right. But, you know, you, you're up. Yeah, well, we do our best here, you know. <laughs> but uh, so rewatching it after having seen the third one and second one prior to this, I actually think that the quality of those films has hurt the rewatchability of this one because it's it's similar to how I view the first Purge movie where it they weren't really planning a whole franchise. They just wanted to make one film. And so, but then they, with the second, third, and fourth films, they obviously have more freedom. And so they explore the world more. The scale and scope is is wider. And so while, of course, I don't completely fault the film for just setting it up, I view it, view it the same way as the first John Wick where, a lot of the action, a lot of the world is feels very small scale and a little limited at times in comparison to the other two. And so maybe if I had seen this one back in the theater and I had more of a um, I guess memory of it of it, I wouldn't feel as strongly, but it did not feel nearly as impactful or as exciting as I think the other two are. And so I I definitely don't love the first John Wick, although I respect it a lot for having set up this whole new great series. It's almost uh, like a completely different movie, really, from the other two. Yeah, you know, I think it, I think it might have been constrained by its budget as well. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. it was. Um, I think that's kind of what also makes it feel a little art housey. Is that it? It clearly didn't have this massive budget. Like, yeah, you know, the Mission Impossible movies or something. Yeah, for sure. But I, I do. I do really like, I mean, it might make a appearance on our top five, but I do like what you said about the, the death of the dog fueling everything that comes next. And that's just a very simple, but impactful motivation. And um, which I'm sure most people who's, who've had a pet before can relate to that. Tragic scene. Yeah. It's really sad. Yeah. Although one issue I do have with this movie in terms of that stuff in comparison to the rest is it feels very inconsistent tonally. Like it has these really serious, um, sad moments with the dog and the wife. And then there will be scenes of Michael Neekfeest going like, oh, and you're the boogeyman. And, you know, it's just just stuff like that. It's just it feels a little off balance at times. And so I think as the series progresses it gets more self-aware and it's more consistent whereas in this one obviously it was just they're planning one film and so they weren't really sure what it they wanted it to be just yet but i do think that the tone is a little bipolar at times for me and that kind of affects the overall film as a whole and you're saying how it does feel kind of art housey and i actually don't i'm not crazy about the look of the movie it feels like a it's a little washed out. Yeah, and it has these weird filters on it, and it just makes it feel like it's a music video from like 1995 or something. Like especially it, that. Um, I mean, I I love it, but especially that uh, that bath the bathhouse scene with the the bathhouse scene I like because that's more stylized and it's action, but it's mm-hmm. just from one regular scene to another, it does look a little dated, I guess. Uh, but I think. That I mean, I still do like the bathhouse sequence a lot. I think that's the standout uh, moment from the movie. And then I do really like the idea of the Hitman Hotel 
being like a neutral zone for and central zone for all these hitmen to come and stay. And the rule is, you know, no, no violence on the grounds of this. But then obviously when you go out and do your job, that's then it's every man for himself. But I do like, I mean, it's completely illogical, but I do like the idea of this hitman hotel in New York or wherever it is. Um, and I do kind of like the little background and um, behind the scenes stuff of how that uh, place would work if it was a real thing. Yeah, some, something I, I really love is that this is not an origin story. This like John Wick is already established as being this crazy, crazy good guy. We don't have to see any flashbacks demonstrating this. They talk about um, the impossible mission he had to complete in order to get out of the business. And we never find out what that is. And I don't think it's important that we know what that is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even up to like the third movie, he'll encounter these people and he'll call them by name. And, you know, we, we don't know who they are. We never really get any details on who they are how they know john wick it's just he's already established in this world and he's already established as like one of the greatest dangers to the underground society of assassins the world has ever known you know um, Mm -hmm. I i really love that moment when the mechanic calls um my michael nikvist nikvist's character and and he just says you know well they uh they um they stole his car and they uh, they fucked up his dog and he's just like oh oh because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. he knows you know and he says he says he'll come for you and you will do nothing because you can do nothing mm-hmm. John Wick is like people know people know him yeah you know and we're, we're just being introduced to him but we in just a few short scenes we know how big of a deal he is yeah yeah for sure uh yeah I, I do I do like that as well how it's not really a, an origin story. I hadn't really thought about that actually until you said it, but I, I do like all of that. But I think that the, I think the casting and some of the supporting roles is a little off. I think that Michael Neekvist, who's actually, he passed away, I think a year or two ago. Really? Yeah. From lung cancer. I did not know that. Yeah. I think he's a little too on in this movie. Like he has a few too many quirks. He's cartoony. Yeah. And again, I think that Matt, that goes in with, unbalanced tone but one character or one uh, casting issue that i do have is the guy from the insurance commercial commercials who's like i'm the raccoon living in your basement chewing your bubble gum or whatever he says it's and he, he was also in 30 rock and he's kind of the the assistant of michael nikvist oh uh, that guy yeah 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 yeah, yeah he's in those he was, uh, uh, he's insurance in, commercials he's in brooklyn 99 yeah, Actually. yeah, yeah. He he's in a lot of comedy. Yeah, and so he kind of sticks out, knowing what he's done since. Uh, and I, I'm also not really crazy about the guy from Game of Thrones either. Uh, he's just I don't I don't think he, he feels very believable. But but how do you feel about uh, Ian McShane and William Dafoe? I do really like Ian McShane, um, and I had forgotten that that he's in all three of these. I mm-hmm. um, and so I do really he's like him manager. in it. Yeah. And I do like Will- Willem Dafoe, although he's not really given that much to do in this mm-hmm. one. He's he's an assassin, but in terms of performance, there's not really a whole lot for him to do. But I, I do like him in it. 
that's how I feel about uh, about Lance Reddick. I uh, he he doesn't really have a lot of lines, and he doesn't have the most fleshed out character. But I really like what he does with it. You know, yeah. he's just sort of that. Um, his name is even like Karan or something. Yeah, you know? <laughs> he's he just he's just the um, the what's the the term for the hotel? Person? I can't remember the name of it, but front desk guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and he. Uh, it's it's funny because the hotel is like an actual hotel mm-hmm. that you can just go stay at if you're a normal person. Yeah, but if you've got those like coins, you know they they know who you are. Mm-hmm. They've got their own like currency, and that guy uh, explains in the third movie that it's not it has no monetary value. It's you know it's its value is uh, what it the symbolizes value, the value of I'm giving you this to do this job for me, or you know mm-hmm. like it's it's valued on the like social respect or something yeah yeah for sure um and yeah yeah so i do really like everything dealing with that and i also like the the script in terms of how they work in kind of clever um tidbits of lines for like yeah i need a cleanup in my room or i want um my dinner served in my room and and then it's you know is symbolizing something else but and so I like all of that stuff and they kind of continue that in the next two films as well. And one thing I will say, so it's written by the same guy and it's directed by the same guy except for David Leach on the first one. So that's kind of a rare um, thing to have happen in a big franchise like this where it's the, the exact same people uh, through all three. And I think it's going to be the same thing for the fourth one as well. Yeah, David Leach directed two and three, right? No, no, uh, the Stolos Staleski did all three. Yeah. Okay. Really? But yeah, because Atomic Blonde and John Wick 2 came out in the same year. So, but, and so I I think that helps it stay more consistent. And which is rare. Again, it's rare for a series like this to have that. And I do like Keanu Reeves. I, I think that this franchise and this character, like I'm sure a lot of other people kind of, reignited my appreciation for him because I kind of forgotten about him until this. And I think he really makes that character iconic in various ways. And I mean, he just has this kind of odd delivery of lines and while not all of it feels completely natural, it's just something about it is interesting and kind of palpable. A lot of people have pegged him for um, bad acting in the John Wick movies but I think it has more to do with, you know, the fact that he can convey so much with so little lines is brilliant acting. You know, mm-hmm. it's not, I guess people think that you have to have all these like huge monologues and be really like crazy and, and you know, like uh, have a big rambunctious performance to have to be a good actor. Yeah. But, you know, Keanu, uh, he's always been that way. You know, like go look at the Matrix, look at, you know, only when he was like younger, back in uh, like Bill and Ted and some of those early movies, was he really like kind of like out there? Yeah, out there. And then he sort of got this reserved persona, maybe due to the the trauma he experienced in real life or something. But um, he can, I think, he conveys perfectly the man who we are supposed to like, what we are supposed to believe. He is like, yeah. you know, the man that John Wick is. I think I think he conveys that well. I agree. Um, and he really does not have a lot of lines 
Uh, I think if you added up all his lines in all three of the movies, be less than a hundred. Yeah. Um, yeah. If anyone has a total, let us know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I think that, uh, and having seen two and three, I don't think he's amazing in the first one. But I, th- I think in the third one, it's probably his best. Yeah, I think performance as the th- of the three. I think he's sort of coming coming into the, the yeah role in the first for one. sure. What was the last movie he'd been in before? Before um, that's a good Rick. question um but and so I, I do like his he has a good presence in the movie for sure and so i think he again he he does help make this character memorable and what it is he had oh he had just been in 47 ronin ah uh, yes. big hit big hit <laughs> he had a well he himself keanu reeves had, had has been through a lot of different uh, shifts in his life, you know, and uh, I think for a long time he sort of faded from public eye and and just just sort of reserved and and sad. Mm-hmm. And now now it's like the Keanu Sons man. Like yeah, it, it is for sure. I mean, he, <laughs> he's he's living his best life. Yeah, I mean, he was just in uh, Always Be My Maybe, and he's also in Toy Story Four. Yeah, Toy Story Four, and he's also been the. He's the internet's boyfriend as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember they asked him that in an interview, and he said, uh, "I'm the what?" Yeah, <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's <laughs> it. Sounds like him, but I, yeah, I do like. I mean, some of the lines are a little at maybe at times too much, but like the one where he goes, "I'm thinking I'm back," you know, stuff. I mean, stuff like that is fun for sure. But I, again, I think in this one, how it balances the campiness with very serious emotion is a little off but that's actually the the loudest and angriest he gets in all three of the yeah. movies yeah yeah for sure he, uh he never again gets like that emotional it's just always just this uh sort of flat delivery and yeah you know it's it's great yeah it's great yeah. <laughs> it's great that's and all I, I can say it's amazing yeah and i i do like in this one the i guess it kind of fades out of the the next two but the murder cleanup crew Mm. you know who come in and clean up his house after all these hitmen come and try and attack him and of course he kills all of them but and so i I do like there are just a few little clever concepts that they inject into this which i I like a a fair bit but there are kind of stretches where it's a, a little dull um and i'm just kind of waiting for the action to start but uh i yeah i mean it's it's i enjoy it and but it's by far uh, the lowest or my least favorite of the three so something i like about the second and third one compared to the first one are um how creative he gets with with how he's killing all these dudes you know yeah and the first one it's it's just as far as i can remember because it has at least been a month or so since i've seen all three of them it's just guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I you like know. about the seri- series. Is it's it will just have a lot of great gunfights, which yeah, um, which is, is yeah, rare. which is which is great. But yeah, in the in the first one, it's it's pretty much just guns and and a few knife kills, I think. And yeah. Also, what's interesting is that in the second and third one, you get the idea that he's sort of just almost this invincible superhero, which is what I mean by sort of leaning into his goofiness. Uh, um, whereas in the first one. 
I believe he's he's like going to die in a couple moments, and then he just gets saved by Willem Dafoe. Yeah, like Willem Dafoe straight up just saves his life like mm-hmm. two or three times. And if he hadn't, then Keanu Reeves would be dead. Yeah, well, not Keanu Reeves. John yeah, Wick. and he was about to kill him himself as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So I, I I do like how the character progresses, and I I yeah, I just like watching him do his thing, and I I, I think that. After the second one, they kind of realized that there's only so much you can do with gunfights, and so they did expand it. But I think, especially in the second one, there are some great gunfights. But, um, and oh, and one thing I will criticize about this one is I think the score and or soundtrack are a little too present. Like, it's just a kind of a constant techno electronica score that goes pretty consistently throughout the whole movie and at times it just kind of takes me out of it and reminds me that i'm watching this kind of crazy action movie whereas the others oh go ahead i was gonna say you compare that to the third one a lot of the fights just don't have any music at all yeah which i mean feels very like kind of jason bourne-esque and so i think that that's one good improvement with the sequels is there's just not as much score um but yeah, it's uh, yeah. So I I like it, <laughs> you know. I do, and it, I'm I, again. I, I do appreciate it for setting up this franchise, regardless of how. Even if it was a terrible movie, I would still appreciate it for what has come since. Oh yeah. Same thing with the the Purge series. So, but all I've, right. I've I've heard some people. Um, some people are pretty upset that there's going to be a fourth one just just because I know that they had originally said they wanted it to be a trilogy. Oh yeah. Um but I I'm I can guarantee that some studio said, "No, we're making too much money yeah. off this. You know, you got to make a fourth one." Yeah. Um And yeah. I mean and at this point, I mean, if you told me a month ago that we'd be doing a uh, a John Wick bonus show, I would have said you're crazy. <laughs> But uh, after having seen the third one, I'm I'm definitely in for more John Wick. So, and I'm really interested to see how they top the action in yeah, three. That's, so that's something that I love about this series is that they just keep raising the stakes. Yeah, you know, it's it's like how much higher can the stakes go? They can go higher. Yeah, you know, it's just higher, higher, higher. Even at the end of the third one, you know, you. They they deconsecrate the hotel and you're like the stakes are higher and yeah. they're like how can they go higher than this, boom yeah you know they, it's they just, do it man just, they do it it's crazy how how much higher the stakes can get yeah you reach the ceiling and you just break the you just bring it down keep going yeah 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 for sure I love it I just hope they don't go like too crazy like yeah. Fast and Furious has and lose it. I, w- I wouldn't mind like nine John Wicks if they were all of this quality. That's but fair. Yeah, I true. just don't think that's possible for any <laughs> franchise. Yeah. So, but and plus, Keanu is already in his what early fifties, I think, something like that. I mean, he's he's getting up there. He's Tom Cruise about the same age. Yeah. So I mean, but I mean, so obviously they can't do it forever. But you know, have you seen Have you seen a movie called I Am Mother? I've been wanting to see that. It's on Netflix now, right? Yes. How was it? Is this decent? Yeah, because uh, it's I about a like, robot, right? Uh huh. I, I give it like three out of five. But um, there there was this person that made this comment said the robot runs like Tom Cruise, <laughs> and I and I was like, what are they talking about? And then I saw it, and uh, 
You had you had to see it to believe it. Okay. Well, no, I'll definitely watch it. I lost my mind. I was like, this is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, like, it, was, it was kind of like a serious moment. All I could think of was Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise's weird run. Yeah. But yeah, I just I thought of that. Yeah. Uh all right. Well, uh, anything else about the first John Wick? What was your favorite scene? The the club club fight sequence with the, the, with the bath the bath, bath and then yeah bath then it the, then it goes into the the dance club which yeah, I, I like same. yeah so i think that was really the only um <laughs> the only time they it it felt almost kind of out of place cuz it was filled with like color and lights and mm-hmm. and dance and um had like the song going yeah yeah uh, and then everything else was kind of just great, gray gun battles. Yeah, I think that's that scene in terms of action and then the style. I think that's what they probably looked at afterwards and were like, that's what we need to do more of. And that's what they've kind of carried through since in terms of how things progress. You know? And I, I really like the song that plays there. It's called, it's, uh, it's called Think by Kalita. Hmm. And... Right when they it sort of goes into that like really beautiful harm, harmonic um, verse, it's like the bridge of the song where she's going like "I am your light," and he's like holding that guy's mouth and he's like killing him with a knife and just <laughs> staring into his eyes. Yeah, the whole time that like it's the last thing this man sees. He's like, all of you are responsible for the death of my dog. Yeah. Every last person. You yeah. Know, it's like, can you imagine that's like the last thing you see? Yeah. It's John Wick, John man. Wick just staring you down. <laughs> and just, I don't know, I just think that moment is like really powerful. Yeah. It, it makes me misty. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love that killing, man. Love that, you know, that uh, <laughs> that face-to-face stuff. But, uh, oh, and I do like the scene, uh, scene in that sequence where he's, uh, thrown off the balcony and he just plops onto the the dance club floor like it's just oh, kind of yeah. a very hard blunt throw <laughs> <laughs> and, and they don't try and stylize it at all he's just thrown off and so i i like that kind of stuff yeah that's that's what i like about a lot of the fights is they're they're pretty they're pretty realistic yeah all right well uh out of five it's a oh, third these are all all fives? <laughs> oh yeah! All wow, fives for me. <laughs> it's a three and a half for me. So, uh, all right. Well, uh, let's. That's kind of crazy. Three and a half. It's three and a half. Man. <laughs> and and again, I think if I had maybe at the time I would have given it a higher review, but just having the other two so f- familiar in my mind, it just wasn't nearly as exciting as I had been known to feel with the other mm-hmm. two. And so you know, but I mean, I'll, I'll definitely rewatch it at some point. So. Yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah, something that I told you, but I don't know if I said uh, for the the listeners was um, that I I didn't really feel like Western filmmaking had gotten action right until John Wick, because um, films like The Raid, which was like Indonesian, and all tons of kung fu like kung fu movies out of China and Japan, you mm-hmm. know, like Ip Man. Um, any Jackie Chan movie, they all got it right, you know. Um, but a lot of like what you think about action movies in in the Western world, like the like the Jason Bourne movies, as good as they are, kind of ruined 
action sequences because they sort of brought in the like put like 15 cuts and in, in one punch yeah, kind of thing you the, know and, the green grass kind of style john wick really brought back the play out the fight in one frame you know cut after the punch don't cut before it you mm-hmm. know show every impact you know don't have silly sounding sound effects you know it um I, I watched a I watched a video talking about John Wick and they they showed they showed a, a scene from that and then showed a scene from I think like Taken Two oh yeah where Liam Neeson is like hopping a fence and there's like twenty five cuts <laughs> it's so hard done it like he's going up the fence there's like five or six cuts of him climbing the fence and then three cuts of him going over and then maybe like seven or eight other cuts of him like landing and like running away it makes you sick yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. so yeah. I um. I haven't seen every action movie on on the the planet. Obviously, no. uh, it's 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 one of my uh, favorite um, genres. It's a kind of a guilty pleasure genre for some of the dumber ones, like the A Team and and stuff like that. But um, and then after John Wick came out, I feel like that really opened the eyes of the Western world to good action movies. Because then, of course, you get John Wick two and three. The Mission Impossible movies get a lot better. You know, like Fallout was the best one. Uh, you get Atomic Blonde, that new movie Anna, looks, which I I just saw. Looks really good. Mm-hmm. Is it good? It was yeah, it was, it was entertaining. Yeah. So um, Luke Besson. People might disagree with me, but I think that uh, I think that yeah, I think that John Wick brought it back, mm-hmm. reined it back in from Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll say in terms of Born, I still. Really, I mean, I would say a lot of the first three are kind of on par with the John Wick movies. And I mean, there is the scene in the third born where they're in the, I think, the bathroom. And I think it is like an uncut, mm-hmm. no music, kind of pretty brutal fight. And so I think that there's definitely a place for both. And clearly, the Bourne series has influenced countless movies since. But I, I do agree that John Wick has kind of reignited that... um format but kind of done its own thing with yeah, it and the the series is so good like after seeing the third one it's it's so good that i think it's almost kind of like ruined like action for me because i don't know if anything can really reach that those heights you know? yeah i watched daredevil season three recently because i hadn't seen it yet so mm. i was just catching up there's all these really cool fight scenes but I was just like, it's not doing it for it's me. Not, it's not John Wick, it's man. It's cool, but it's not John Wick. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, well that's how, almost how I felt <clears> when <throat> I saw Mad Max Fury Road. It's like the action in that is so insane. And so, mu- so much of it is practical that like a lot of the action movies that have come since that also have been inspired by that movie just don't, um, aren't up to snuff, you know? Yeah, I watched, I watched a video of um, their show in like the whole car chase uh scene in mad max fury road with all the cgi removed yeah it's basically I, just like watching the movie i saw that as well yeah it's you great know, got the people on the poles and the yeah guy with the guitar that shoots flames was mm-hmm. totally real mm-hmm. yeah if you haven't seen that go watch the that like it's like a four or five minute clip online there's a there's a guy i follow on on youtube that reviews movies and he called it a he said that for the first time in a long time he it's what he would call a perfect movie I think I would I would go that far. I mean, it's my favorite movie, so 
I would of say. Of all time? Yeah. It's <laughs> good. Yeah. But, um, was I going to say something? But yeah, I, I think that John Wick 3 has definitely set a new bar for action movies coming, you know, in the next few years. And so it's it's definitely had an impact for sure. But, um, all right, well, let's uh, keep moving forward and let's get into our review of John Wick Chapter 2. And we have a clip for this one as well. Let's take a listen. John Wick is a man of focus. The sheer fucking will. Three men in a bar. With a pencil. I know, I've heard the story, sir. With a fucking pencil? Who the fuck can do that? I can assure you that the stories you hear about these men, if nothing else, has been watered down. All right, so John Wick, Chapter 2 was released in 2017 and is also directed by Chad Stileski and stars Keanu Reeves, Ricardo Scamarchio, Ian McShane, Ruby Rose, Common, Lawrence Fishburne, John Lugazamo, uh, uh, Ian McShane as well, if I didn't already say that. Yeah, I did say that. And the synopsis is, after returning to the criminal underworld to repay a debt, John Wick discovers that a large bounty has been put on his life. So this one, against a budget of $40 million, grossed $171.5 million at the box office. And so it was definitely a, an increase over the first one and just a, overall a hit for sure and was met with pretty high praise. Don't forget about uh, Peter Stormare. Oh, that's right. That's, <laughs> that'll be making an appearance on my bottom five. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, I, I just saw this one for the first time after I saw John wick three. Uh, and, um, so I, th- I think this one, like I said, it, the series gets steadily better. And so I think this one is quite good. Not, not a masterpiece, but I think that it, it indulges more with the action and gets more like the choreography is more advanced and, um, of course, Keanu is doing his own stunts, and so there's the realism there. But I, I think the uh, there's some, I think, and also visually, I think it's a, a step up as well. Um, they kind of get away from that music video aesthetic, although it is still quite dark and and stylized. But I, I think the one, the main sequence that really stands out to me is the tunnel shootout, where he's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he escapes the like the dance club or or whatever that place is that vacation spot and he goes into this tunnel and these people start chasing him and he has a i think an assault rifle and it's just like a constant shooting um like craze uh, when he had like stored the weapons before yeah 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 Yeah. um that when that started i was like oh my god i'm so in for john wick uh 
And so, yeah, that sequence is amazing. Uh, one thing I'm not crazy about, and just him in general, is Common. I can't stand Common. <laughs> I don't, he just has this kind of bravado to him um, that just really gets on my nerves. And I, I think he kind of stands out similar to the, the insurance guy in the first yeah, one. Yeah. Common is kind of sticks out in this one. But I, I do like the, the scene where the lady cuts her wrists in the pool. And there's mm-hmm. kind of the blood flowing. That's that's really good. And um, I like, again, you get more development with the Hitman Hotel. And yeah, it's just a, it's just a, a very solid movie. Um, but w- one thing that kind of is an issue, not really just with John Wick, but this series or this type of movie in general, is that in between the action, as the sequels continue... They feel the need to extend the runtime. And so then there are longer stretches in between the action that aren't always that interesting. And it's almost obligatory at times, it seems, in terms of plot and other similar kind of sidetracks. Because obviously, most people are just going there for the action and to see Keanu Reeves do his thing. But um, And so there are definitely some stretches in the movie that kind of drag, but that's kind of an issue with all all of these movies. Um, but the action is amazing. Like I've said, and the pencil kill is fantastic oh, with yeah. the ear. Yeah, it's amazing. And that, that whole sequence really in the, uh, the subway underground is great. Um, and Lawrence Fishburne, similar to Michael Neekvist, he's a little too on a little too quirky, but, uh, I mean, he's fun. So he's loving that role. Yeah. <laughs> Um, although I do like, is I can't remember if it's in this one or the third one. He's like, it's John Wick or something like that, where he's, um, I can't re- remember the the line exactly, but um, he's got some some good stuff. I believe that is the other second or the other second one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think what you said about people just just coming to see the action and coming to see Keanu Reeves do his thing uh, is definitely allows the storytelling to sort of get a pass because you know I'll be the first to say the storytelling is not the strongest in the John Wick movies. Yeah. Uh it's got good world building. It could have more um cuz you still have a lot of questions about this world like you know like even by the end of the third movie I still don't even fully understand the world that they're inhabiting um and sort of they might be waiting till they might be waiting you know, the next couple movies to sort of explain, like, how did this organization start? Like, why did it start? You know, all of these questions. But uh, it, it it's telling you, like, that's not important. We're here to see Keanu Reeves bust heads. You yeah. know, and um, the stories are pretty simple. You know, like I said, the first one yeah. is guys getting revenge on his, for his dog. But it's, it's more than that. But essentially, it boils down to that. Uh, the second one is some man that we don't know but that uh john wick clearly knows from the past approaches him this is our first introduction to those sort of blood packed things that they make and he says oh you're bound you know by code to fulfill this for me um even though he's he's back in retirement he's he's yeah. re-retired um and and so he he initially denies, but you know he sort of forces him back back into the life, and he goes into it reluctantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's 
and then he does it and then seeks revenge on the on the guy for you know blowing up his house and yeah and you know a, a few other things and and so it's it's a it's again kind of a tight simple plot that uh, exists in this sort of fantastical world it makes you wonder if every single person in new york is a is a hitman hitman yeah <laughs> uh-huh. um that scene where him and common are in this in the subway and they're shooting each other i love that i had forgotten pistols. about that yes it's, it's so stupid but i love it's it, like, it's incredibly it's stupid ridiculous. but it is so it's done it's executed so well there are so many <laughs> it's so stupid. moments oh my where God, it's, it's really stupid people just aren't reacting yeah there's so many moments in uh in, in drama like one it's almost like no one's ever around yeah except john wick and the in the bad guys but yeah. in the second and third one there's they're always in these really populated areas and no one's really reacting until like common and john wick getting you know, bust out into the fist fight on the subway and everyone's like running around and screaming. Mm-hmm. And uh in like the third one when um people just walking up and getting stabbed in the throat in a bus <laughs> terminal and everyone is around and it's yeah. just like no one reacts. It's just so funny to me because guns are loud even when they've got a silencer on them and they're making like holes in the wall right next yeah. to them like very obviously and huge plot hole. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> but no that that's that sequence it's in the funny. subway is is amazing. I had forgotten that. Oh, I love it. Oh, and so I did. I misquoted that line from Lawrence Fishburne. He goes, "Somebody get that man a gun." <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. It's great. Uh, him and a uh, him and Keanu is a nice little reunion. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, for sure. From the Matrix. Uh so yeah. Oh, oh, I guess we we touched on Peter Stormare. So one of my least favorite yeah. things is the opening monologue by peter stormare where um he's like who the fuck does that man and it's just it's it. stuff it. and it's just he feels like some of the other people i've mentioned too at a little too cartoony so um, he says um he says he killed the, a guy with a the fucking pen, pencil. pencil and the guy's like yes and we've heard the story yeah. who the fuck can do that yeah yeah that's that <laughs> that's what it is thank you <laughs> off my quote game but i i love it um i'm sorry i got it it's fine it's fine uh <laughs> But yeah, it's just a really solid, very entertaining movie. I'm just um, a big fan of Peter Stormare. Really, I am too. Generally, he always but. just plays bit part villains. Uh-huh. Can barely speak English. You know, he's just a great guy. <laughs> yeah, his biggest role was in like Prison Break. Yeah, and he was in Big Lebowski as well. Yeah, as one of the uh, um, nihilists. Oh, he yeah. was. It's still a small role though. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Fargo and all that. But. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely one of his most iconic. Um, but yeah, it's just, I, I think they really do a good job, like we've touched on, just expanding the world in a really interesting way. Because with a lot of movies like this, they'll try and expand it, but clearly there's so little for them to develop that it just feels really lame. But in these movies, somehow whether it's the script or the direction or what they expand it in a way to where, even though it's ridiculous, it feels like within the the context of the movie, it makes sense. Uh, and so I think that they do that very well. And like you've said, the he'll encounter people from his past. You don't necessarily know who they are or how he knows them, but they, you register that they've had some type of experience together, whether it's good or bad. And I, I like that aspect about it as well. 
end. So, but um, again, that um that whole first part where he he goes to get his car back, yeah, he just absolutely destroys it. Yeah, and then uh the he asks the guy if he can fix it, and he's going through all these things that are wrong with it, and he's like, yeah, I can fix it. <laughs> yeah, and I was kind of hoping that he'd uh he'd get it back in the third one, but then you know the third one takes place only moments after the the second. Maybe at the end of the fourth one he'll uh he'll drive up in his car. Say, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Call <Calls> back. <laughs> and, oh, and I do like, I mean, it's established at the end of the first one, but he does have a new dog, which I, I really like. And also... The end of the first first one? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or he uh, goes into the kennel. That dog grew up fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's only, it's only a few days and it's already an adult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, another one there, guys. But I... And so I also I do like... I could see other franchises doing this just to have consistency or something. I like how they don't kill the dog off again. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I mean, he's still living through. They could have done it. Chapter three. Yeah. Which I, I think would have been overkill. They blew up the house and they sort of make it seem like that's what happened, but mm-hmm. it didn't. That would be uh overkill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I like it's It's very well directed and I, I do. I think the score, like we've touched on, is is better and not nearly as bombastic and present in a lot of the action sequences. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just interesting to see where John Wick goes um, in trying to survive and and um, encountering various people and and how they help him, but also want something in return. And uh, yeah, I like all the things they introduce. But then don't necessarily explain mm-hmm. because I guess they're like, you know, we. It almost gives it like an air of mystery or like it's just for aesthetics or something like uh, this, this whole underground network of homeless people that just shows up yeah, out yeah, of yeah. nowhere. Yeah. And I really like the. The uh, like whole operation of it was like all those women with all the tattoos. And I, yes, I love And they're all using stuff. really old yes. technology like mm-hmm. switchboards and. And really old PCs, which I guess is supposed to, it's supposed to be untraceable or something. But it's almost like they're telling you don't think about it too much. It's just cool. Yeah. And they've got like the... That's, that's the, uh, obvious. It's like clearly they just thought it was cool. But I love the moment when they, they put the bounty on his head and then and then he's... Everyone gets like their flip phones out <laughs> and they get, they get like the text. Pagers. And, and yeah. everyone... Uh, and he's sort of just like looking around and everyone's sort of advancing on him. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of... Um, you know, just like the stakes being raised up like that. Yeah, and every hitman being interconnected <laughs> mm-hmm. in one way or the other. Oh, and I, in terms of the 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 group of women doing the communicating, since I hadn't seen John Wick two, and I and that is continued in John Wick three. When I first saw that, I was like, "This is so stupid," but it looks amazing. Just the these like tattooed, pierced women going around doing all these different, like, almost like they're back in World War II or something. But did you watch them out of order? Or? Yeah, so I, I hadn't seen two going into three. Really? No. And so what were I, you thinking? I, that's what, that's what I, I, I said when I, I was in the theater, man. I was sit, sitting in my reclined seat at South Point uh, Cinemas, and I was like, man, I've been missing out. But the, the seeing that for the first time was just really entertaining and fun. And so I really do, again, it's, they, the series is kind of, underrated for introducing a lot of really clever concepts and ideas that not a lot of other franchises do as well. That must be a, that must be a really interesting viewpoint 
coming from one, three, two versus one, two, three, because two and three are so, you know, like, like three, the first scene of three is him running down the street. Mm-hmm. Like, and the second one ends with him running. Like they're so like, you know, take place the seconds after each yeah. other. And you so, know, so. And it, I, since I hadn't seen the first one in so long, it just really felt like a, just an action movie. I didn't really have much, many questions about what was coming, what had happened before. And so mm-hmm. in that sense, it's very good where I, I didn't really need to have much background. It's just kind of a, uh, a good action movie, but, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, again, Ian McShane is great and I, I do really like his, he just feels kind of right for this kind of movie in that role. Um, so yeah, it's, Oh, and oh, I do like one one thing that's recurring through all three that I like that they do this is the uh, line where they they say "be seeing you" mm. after when someone's about to die. I like that a lot. Again, it's it's something small, but it, it it's a detail, but it works. Uh, so, all right. Well, anything else about John Wick Chapter Two? What was your favorite scene? The tunnel shootout. I have to say the the house of mirrors at the end. Yeah, for me, which is kind of a repeated image in three, mm. a little bit. But yeah, that is a good sequence on its own. Oh yeah, that was something I forgot to mention is Ruby Rose's character. Yeah, I was. The whole, um, I feel like her character was also just uh, for the sake of, of just sort of being a weird idea, cool and. It's like just yeah, just something that popped She's, up in someone's head one day, like a an assassin that only speaks in sign language. Sign language, because you know, I imagine she's deaf. Yeah, which I'm, again makes absolutely no sense as to how she would still be living <laughs> right. as a hitman, but or hitwoman. John Wick um, also knows a little bit of sign language. Yeah, so again, that's something they may have they encountered each other at some other point, or but yeah, that is very illogical. But they they somehow execute it in a way to where it makes sense in the context of the the series and which isn't that common for a franchise like this so so you'd be seeing you not if i see you first yeah yeah exactly oh i like that this one also establishes well i I suppose the first one establishes that they're not supposed to conduct their business on on continental grounds because that girl gets killed for trying to kill john wick yeah um in his hotel room but I, i like that that crazy fist fight he's having with with common that's sort of suggesting that they might be on a little bit of the same level and then they just crash through the the door and then uh lance reddick's character is like gentlemen let's not do that go and they get a drink and everything (laughs) yeah yeah i i I like that stuff a lot as well um yeah so it's it's yeah just a really solid movie so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right well out of five for john wick two it's a four for me it's five stars uh and uh, I'm sure that after having seen all three now, going back and watching two later on, it, it'll probably go up. But um, as a first time watch, it's a solid four. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we can move on to the, the final film in the trilogy, which is John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum. And we have a clip as well. Let's take a listen. You do realize that I'm management now, right? I'm not service anymore, John, so I don't go around shooting people in the head. I'm not asking you to kill anyone. I just need you to get me to him. 
To who? Your old boss. You want to kill Barada? I'm not going to kill him. I just need to talk. What could he possibly give to you? Guidance. Look, I made a deal when I agreed to run this hotel. And that deal said that I had to follow the rules of the table. If you're not going to kill him, he is going to kill you. And then probably me too for walking you up in there. All right. So, John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum was released in 2019. Uh, uh, just, yeah, just back in May. And it is, like we've said, directed by Ch- Chad Stileski. And besides Keanu has Halle Berry, Ian McShane, and Lawrence Fishburne once again. Lawrence Reddick. Angelica Houston is a new face in this one. Jerome Flynn from another Game of Thrones uh, casting. Tobias Seagal. Asia Kate Dillon. And the synopsis is super assassin John Wick is on the run after killing a member of the International Assassins Guild. And with a 14 million dollar price tag on his head he is the target of hitmen and women everywhere so and i guess as of what's today like the 26th so as of june 26th it's grossed 289.7 million against a 75 million dollar budget so it's definitely a big success um, and has received pretty Mm -hmm. widespread acclaim from um, critics and so clearly this is uh, a franchise that's not going away. Um, I so I love this one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, I, again, going into this movie, I saw like it, it before I, I saw it, I had seen that it got a four out of four on Roger Ebert's website. It got like just crazy great reviews from so many um, well-known critics. And so I was like, okay, I, I'm definitely curious about this one now. And so going into it, I didn't really know what to expect, but immediately I was pretty blown away. Uh, and Is Roger Ebert still alive? No, but his... I didn't think so. No, yeah. he, he died in the early 2010s, I think, maybe. Yeah. But no, I mean, uh, he still has his group of critics that keep his side up. Um, but yeah, it just it, it starts off. I mean, similar to like a Mad Max Fury Road, where it's just a chase, uh, kind of an endless chase, which I, I like that aspect about it. And even just the opening, the main opening sequence with the library and the, the huge, kind of beefy thug that he fights is a great mm-hmm. fight. Uh, and just that it happens in a library is <laughs> is great. Yeah, that's one. Of, that's one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. It's kind of a yeah. I think it's interesting in this one. They 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 write they they pretty much write themselves out of the the uh, corner they put themselves in at the end of the second movie pretty quickly, and then he escapes to where does he go? Uh, Casablanca. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and so and then it's actually very similar in structure to Fury Road because you know Fury Road is is there and back again mm-hmm. and so is john wick three you know he goes oh yeah he escapes yeah, and yeah. comes right back good point. to to the beginning mm-hmm. you know and um but yeah that uh that first fight you know the the first thing i noticed was 
no no music, you mm-hmm. know. And and the second thing I noticed compared to the first and second movie, because I saw I saw the first one in a different theater a long time ago back in Asheville, but I saw the second and the third one in the same theater here in or in Greensboro. Well, not in Greensboro right now, mm-hmm. but in Greensboro. And the first thing I noticed was how crazy the bass is in this movie oh, like yeah. the the sound mixing and the um dynamic range was was way crazier and it, it just it, it benefited the movie in so many ways like every shotgun blast like shakes your seat and mm-hmm. when that guy at the beginning like kicks him to the ground and every time that john wick like throws a guy on the ground it's just like it's just you, you, you feel it you feel it everywhere man mm-hmm. and uh and yeah that's uh that that's what I mean, where the, they get more and more creative. You know, he just kills this guy with a book. Yeah, which is yeah, know, a very Jason Bourne kind of yeah nod. But yeah, so I think like you've said, where it's you'd say it's one of the best action movies you've seen, or or at least of this era. Mm-hmm. I think that the the knife fight sequence in the oh, armory, nice. and then the the dog attack sequence is. Two of the most incredible action sequences I've I've seen, I maybe I've ever seen. I, I don't know. At <laughs> least since like Fury Road, Dunkirk, movies like that. That that knife fight is uh, where he's th- throwing the knives over I, and over and over. It's amazing. I think it's the best knife fight I've ever seen <laughs> in a movie. It's so like it's so unexpected in terms of how it plays out and how they use the knives. I like, just, I like when they they look behind them and they they or they look behind each other and they break the case and they're just pulling all these weapons out and they keep breaking yeah breaking more and more glass cases and getting various like hatchets and knives and yeah and it's just like just, one knife after another is thrown at like the same guy and this and movie uh, this movie goes way out of its way to just show off how talented he is yeah like there's so much so much cre- creativity and uh, um. I really like the scene where he can't fit the bullet in that that old revolver in the knife shop at the beginning. So he takes apart the entire gun and oh, yeah. puts a different part in it so that he can fit the bullet in there and then shoots that guy with it. <laughs> yeah. It's like... Yeah. It, there's a lot of just really tense, crazy moments like that. Mm-hmm. And... um Something and something that's different about this one than the other two is uh he's he's a real ammo waster in this one and he uh <laughs> he sort of overkills a lot of guys and yeah. I think that's because he's kind of just done. <laughs> at the at this point <laughs> he is done. Um and yeah like we've said it does this one gets away from just gunfights. There's also the horse kick oh, yeah. deaths which is amazing. I wish there was more of that. the The time that he has with the horse is very limited, mm-hmm. but um, I think it's because they were using a real horse. Yeah. So. And also, I just like the sight of him riding a horse through a city, killing <laughs> people amazing. on motorcycles. You know, yeah. he. Uh, I I I saw an interview where he was talking about the horse. The horses kept getting scared by the German shepherds that they had on mm. set. And uh, it was causing all these issues because they're trying to film with the horse, and then the German Shepherd would like run in, and someone would have to get it. And at one point, they uh they had Times Square locked down for uh for a few days, which must be crazy to mm-hmm. whenever a, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. A, a production company has to lock down Times Square. But they said that the all all the German Shepherds got loose because they had like six or seven different German Shepherds that played the two mm-hmm. two of Halle Berry's dogs, and they got loose. 
oh, in man. New York City. Oh, jeez. And it took them all day to find all of them. Wow. And get them back. And, uh, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I didn't, didn't know that. Um, but yeah, speaking of the dogs, like I, I just mentioned, the dog attack sequence in the, in, in Casablanca, if that's where it is, at the compound. Yeah. I don't know what, like, country. I can't. All, I mean, it's, it's all Morocco. I can remember, it's Morocco, though, I think. Yeah. Because all I can remember is she says, Where do you want to go? And he says, Casablanca. Yeah. So. Uh, that sequence, not just in terms of how it's shot, but how they use the dogs mm-hmm. is like unlike anything I've ever seen with uh, a movie using dogs in a fight. Um, it's just like how they come out of nowhere and bring a guy down. And I like when the, um, how they finish guys off. It's just so beautifully choreographed to like the most small smallest detail you know i I like i like when uh when the when um sorry for the email blinks everybody uh, but anyways go ahead sorry when she shoots that guy in the leg after he shoots her dog and then she starts taking everyone down and then her dog like attacks one of the guys and then while her and john are talking the dog is just like keeps pulling on his arm yeah over, and he's just sitting there it just won't stop and i'm just like what is that dog doing man? Mm-hmm. It, just, it just keeps going mm-hmm. and uh and of course my the whole theater laughed when she was like he shot my dog and he was like yeah i get it oh yeah <laughs> yeah um i yeah that that sequence i mean that probably is the most um kill heavy of like the whole franchise because it's like Every single time the camera turns, somebody gets shot. <laughs> like it's yeah, bam, bam, a, bam, uh, bam, bam. I had a friend to be critical of of that scene because he said he was like, "Oh, they've like these movies have always done such a good job of being realistic with the guns, and now they just have like, bottomless <laughs> clips." And I'm like, "Well, every gunfight in this series has gone out of its way to show quite a few reloads in during the gunfights, and I know that every time it cuts back to John Wick." He's just firing his gun, but I think we're so you know we can assume that off camera he's mm-hmm. he's reloading, yeah, and, and it still we, shows him reloading on camera. Yeah, so. I mean I don't need to see him like oh I got yeah. another clip let's let's do it. But like, I do appreciate the realism, you know. But I mean I, I would say just in terms of how many people they kill so quickly is a little mm-hmm. you know. But I mean it's, I like um, but it's it's fun. So when him and those two other guys all run out of ammo at the same time, yeah. And they just have to reload really fast, <laughs> but of course John Wick's the fastest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that like that sequence and the knife sequence. When I was watching it, I was like, "Oh my god, this is the best movie ever." You like hold your breath, and then when it's over, you're just like, Whew. "Yeah, you're you're just yeah. in in it immediately." And yeah, I yeah, and the, yeah, the horses are great, and I I guess in terms of getting. Well, we haven't even gotten to the end attack sequence. Oh, yeah. oh my god! Super standout. Probably my favorite of the entire series is that that the shotguns. Scene. Oh man! Just that whole <laughs> that whole fight in the deconsecrated hotel. Mm. Just him like shooting them and then realizing that they have all this body armor and face armor, and then doing things like lifting up their visors and shooting them in the back yeah. of the head and getting in and around the armor, mm-hmm. and then they get the shotguns. <laughs> And that the first shot is he drops down behind someone and his head just splits in two. <laughs> I'm just like, man, this is just brutal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but holding off on that for a minute. Uh, I mean, so yeah, Halle Berry does 
make a, an appearance in this. Not as much as I thought. She's not she's not in it for a ton of time. But one issue I have with that character is that the whole introduction or the whole conflict of her coming back is that kind of f- overly familiar. Like I've gotten out of that life and I don't want to come back. And it's just that kind of you know exactly where it's going. Right. And so right. there are a few instance, instances like that that feel a little tired, but it doesn't spend too much time on it, which I like. But, um, and again, there are, it, I mean, it's about two hours and 15 minutes, I think. There are a few lulls, just that it, it spends yeah, time definitely. doing a, obligatory plot, uh, which, I mean, no matter what, you kind of have to have, but it does the, hurt um, the movie at times. The whole sequence with the uh, the one who sits above the high tail. I thought that was so weird. I the, was the, like, the, in the desert? Yeah, I was like, yeah. is this like their god or something? Yeah, that does <laughs> feel very out of place like, where they take his, his finger. And, I think we can assume that he he might be the founder of this organization or something. Yeah. Or he's like the the ultimate leader of it. Because we get the idea that the high table is like this this group of administrators or something that are almost like their government. And mm-hmm. then it's like, this guy is, is even above them. But I thought it was so weird that he was just out in the desert. And the way you find him is to just do all this mystical stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> follow a certain star and keep walking till you're almost dead. And then he might find you. And yeah. Yeah. That, that just, sequence does. That's where a point I'm like, okay, let's kind of get going again. Like I don't really, yeah know who that person is. I don't really have that much interest in him. I just want to spend sort of, time. Um, you know, he's, he says, I'll, I'll get rid of this contract on you if you do this job for me, but then you'll have to be a hitman for the rest of your life again. You can't mm-hmm. retire. And then, and then he sort of just doesn't go through with it anyways. So. Yeah. It's like lost your finger for nothing, man. Yeah. Better go back and get that wedding ring. Yeah. Uh, and I guess one thing that this movie does the best out of all three is the world building with uh, since there is this contract for all hitmen to kill John Wick for this for 14 million. Which doesn't seem like a lot of money. I don't know if I'd go after John Wick for 14 no, million dollars. I, 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 if I was a hitman, I probably would. I mean, wh- I think it'd have to be way more than that. Like, like just talking about John Wick, man, I'd say a couple hundred million. At least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so I, I think that with that point, you you do get to see a lot of different kinds of hitmen from various countries and just the kinds of different styles and and all of that works. I mean, it, I, I think it could have used even more of that stuff, but I yeah, think it's interesting it, to see that the Continental existed other places as well. Yeah, and so the world building is, again, very impressive uh, for a, uh, an action movie. And... I, yeah, I like the, again, I like the tattooed women and all that, how that's connected. And, um, but I guess kind of jumping to the end for a bit, that whole, like we said, that whole action sequence in the hotel is amazing in so many different ways. Like it's so varied in terms of the, the action and the weapons that are used, mm-hmm. uh, where he is, uh, and, I think that the shotgun sequence, just in terms of its brutality, is very effective. Uh, and then there's also the underwater kill, mm-hmm. which is great. Just a, even visually, it's great. Um, and I, I mean, I really love 
siege movies. And so this kind of hit the right spots for me. And because it really is, it's just a bunch of people going into this hotel trying to kill them. And um, it just, it works so well and it's so tense and so beautifully put together. I think one thing that does kind of drag a little bit is the final fight between those two guys um, oh, in, the, yeah, yeah. in the kind of glass, which feels very like a take from Skyfall. They're from, um, those two guys are from, from the raid. Oh, are they? Yeah. The two little guys. Yeah. Uh, that feels kind of lifted a little bit too much from Skyfall uh, in terms of that neon sequence in, in that movie. I like the callback um, when he was fighting those two, those two smaller guys, and he, when he takes off his belt uh, to fight them with. Back when he uh, when he went to when he went back home to where he grew up, and they make him leave his belt because it can be used as a as a weapon. Oh yeah. Um, even though I mean, John Wick himself is a weapon. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's it's like a, it's I, like uh, a weird code of conduct. I thought that was interesting to see where he grew up. You know, you get like you get like the smallest peek into his past, mm-hmm. and uh, like something. But before I touch on that, that final action sequence, I wanted to say one more thing about the the world building. Oh, yeah, something that's interesting again is that we see we see again that they're sort of just feeding this world to us in in a unexplanatory way, like. They're just saying this world exists. You're seeing it. Mm-hmm. You don't really need to know much more than that. You know, like at the beginning, the guy he uh, kills with the book, he calls him Ernest. You know, he mm-hmm. already knows this guy. We don't know how. We don't know why. It's just he knows him because he's just a fellow assassin. You know, he already knows Halle Berry's character. He already, you know, he he already knows that bald uh, Asian guy that's after him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just, uh, it's just sort of the world is just already there. Yeah. He's and, just uh, meandering through the world and you're kind of yeah. seeing bits and pieces of it. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and one more thing I wanted to throw in there was, uh, that, that scene where he's, he's just like the motorcycle chase with all the yeah, ninjas. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was going to bring that up. All the ninjas. I remember <laughs> he said that, uh, they didn't, they didn't put that in the movie until the last second. When they were uh they were almost like done filming and then um uh one of the like either David or or no David wasn't involved I I think like uh like Chad or someone else all of a sudden they were like oh you know what if uh what if we had like ninjas and motorcycles you know with like that, a GI like, Joe that's like asking like your your like five year old like what would be cool in a movie and mm-hmm. just like oh ninjas and motorcycles <laughs> and horses yeah and uh, and I thought that scene was amazing it kind of the way that it was shot reminded me so much of the church scene from Kingsman because mm. the camera was like following Keanu Reeves at all times you know like when he leaned to the left the camera would like follow him and it was like whipping around and he was like dodging swords and yeah it was it was just a really good moment really good yeah set it's, of it's ninjas there. with swords on motorcycles you know you can't get much better than that but yeah that that is another standout sequence for sure that is amazing and i just like how how, how john wick is always a few steps ahead like when the motorcycle pulls up and he just runs out the door and not like dives and knocks the guy off yeah and then just beats him with his helmet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. But yeah. Great moment. But um, yeah, to, to finally get around to that that final sequence, like I said before, it has to be my favorite sequence 
out of all like out of all three of the movies like it is just so well done and so creative and so like i don't think i've ever seen body armor played with in that yeah that that's sort true. of way yeah, it's yeah. not they didn't do like the the video gamey thing of like just shoot them until they're dead you know mm-hmm. through the body armor like and i i liked how how he he'd have like four guys around him and he'd like shoot him in the in the helmet a bunch of times to sort of disorient them until he could like you know pull up a guy's visor and kill him and then come back around and and disorient another guy and then yeah. you know go over and and it was just so good it's man. just he it's so good he uses like everything to his advantage and like he runs out of ammo with that that smg and just throws it at the guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's so <laughs> it's so creative and clever and inspired and yet yeah, it's it's, and the, it's fantastic Lance Reddick's character gets in on the action. Yep. I kind of half expected him to turn out to be just this crazy assassin, but you know, unfortunately, he I was a little disappointed that it didn't happen, but I still <laughs> like that not, he not, was not the twist you were hoping for. <laughs> I like that he was a part of it. And I like that uh that uh Winston the like uh, he was just in the vault the whole time. Yeah. Just sort of listening, drinking wine, listening to music. Yeah. And he had the dog in there. <laughs> Then the uh, the adjudicator calls him. and She's like, you know, I don't know how long you think you can keep this. Up. He just hangs up the phone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is one thing I will point out as a I'm not crazy about is again it's a, this weird kind of over the top character. I'm not crazy about the woman in this. The, I think at this point it's it's kind of once again like with them leaning into the more goofy aspects of it. I, I think these sort of like caricature characters are they almost feel like they're in place now in my opinion yeah it's i it's just maybe it's just because you don't really learn that much about her or her real motivations Mm -hmm. really that and i think because her performance is so like intentionally wooden like it's so stoic that it at times it just feels kind of repetitive and so there are again it's just characters like that that kind of take me out of it but she's not in it all that much so it's just like once again like john wick one is like almost a completely different movie yeah uh, yeah yeah. one thing i will say about john wick three that um kind of it doesn't take me out of it necessarily it's just that i'm just like all right come on it's just the amount of damage that john wick sustains yeah. And he, he keeps going like he gets like falling off the roof. Stabbed in like the throat in the beginning, and then he gets all that stitched up, and then he takes these what like adrenaline pills or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. like painkillers, and then he's he's just fine. And he gets hit by like so many cars and uh just like shot and yeah. and just beat and all all just, within a month or so. Yeah, and he's just I'm like, how how are you even still cut off his finger like how how are you even still going man like get uh, some sleep you know take a vacation like, you know he and yeah falling off that roof at the end i was it's like pretty ridiculous i was I like mean, come on so like he'd, he'd break every bone in his body yeah right? i mean the fourth movie is just going to be like john wick doing physical therapy or yeah something. I'd, I'd watch that you know, i'd be down I feel like the fourth movie is definitely gonna have some have to have like some sort of time skip. Like they're gonna be like, oh, John, I think so. John Wick's been missing for so long, and yeah. he comes back to kill the all the people that are 
running yeah. the organization and all that. Yeah. But uh one one character that so you know the um the character that was all, sort of like the assistant to Lawrence Fishburne's character in this movie. Yeah. The he he was was called like the the TikTok man or something. Mm-hmm. And he uh he was all over the marketing for this movie. Like he had his own character poster mm-hmm. and everything. And then he he was in maybe like twenty seconds of the movie. <laughs> and he only had like three lines. Yeah. And it's it's another guy from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Actually, it's Jason Man Manzukis or something. I think mm. is his name. But um, I just thought that was so weird. I was like, did they just cut a lot of his stuff, or is he just going to be in the fourth one more? I don't mm. know. It's just yeah. I don't know. It was weird because, you know, it was like the adjudicator didn't get like a, a character poster that uh that um the bald guy that he has like the big katana fight with at the end didn't get a character poster, but then this guy does and mm-hmm. it's it's just weird. Yeah. But um on one thing I will mention, I think I mentioned it on the regular show when I talked about it, but there was a mother and her like ten year old son next to me in this during this movie. Like oh, don't, yeah, I was in between a uh a lady that had to at least be in her eighties yeah and a uh and and this big this big guy that like every single time someone would die he'd just be like oh damn yeah that's how the lady <laughs> was next to me but that's it's so funny. like just as a rule don't take your little kid to see this movie like what like when the knives were going into the guy's head or when he he stabs the guy through the eye yeah, the like don't eye. take your little kid to see this movie i don't care how much you want to see john ballerina Wick. like rips off her toenail yeah boundaries people yeah. boundaries i mean but, they, they, a bunch of kids went to see deadpool which is a superhero, you know. Yeah, quote yeah. unquote. Uh, but yeah, so have some decency, everybody. Yeah, well, um, yeah. What can you do, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just, just yeah. The action is, regardless of the few lulls or few other issues I have with it, like they're just incredible to watch. No, even if you hate action movies, there's no denying that. This is an incredible feat. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's it's long. It's like too long. But I did think that the the gunfight in the deconsecrated hotel was the climax. And then he yeah. had two more, three more like fight scenes. Like yeah. he killed those sort of regular guys, and he had the fight against the two little guys, and he had the main final fight against. Yeah, that stuff does that feel guy, a little extended. So which. I thought it was so silly him just like sitting up with the sword all the way <laughs> through his body and he's like and he's like don't worry John oh like, I, I, I like just, I like that actually I'll, I just need to catch my breath he's like that was a pretty good fight wasn't it <laughs> yeah, John's I, just like I'd forgotten that yeah yeah, yeah. I like I like that stuff <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll I'll catch up to you <laughs> no you won't yeah <laughs> yeah um oh and one thing one little nitpick I will have for the franchise is i hate it when they bring up the baba yaga the like boogeyman it's like oh, baba yaga <laughs> <laughs> like get, please cut that yeah. um so this isn't it's his nickname man it's not a, not a good one yeah. oh, the pop- just how they say it, it's like oh the baba yaga <laughs> like oh, uh oh. so anyways uh all right well anything else about john wick three or the whole series uh I liked um I liked the end like when he uh when you find out that 
Lawrence Fishburne, King of the Underworld, is not actually dead. <laughs> oh, he's, yeah. He's covered in stitches. And then John Wick's like a crumpled mess on the floor. And he's like, and he's like I'm pissed, John. Mm. Are you pissed? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm pissed. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then the movie just ends. Yeah. Like... It's like it's like his catchphrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm back. You know, back in like I'm back. back in like Bill and Ted, he was like, "Whoa!" And now he's like, "Yeah." A lot of range, this yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited though. I'm excited for the fourth one. I think it yeah, has a re- me too. a release date, not a release it's date, in, but a release year already. Twenty one, twenty twenty one. Yeah, twenty twenty one. That's too long. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm like I'm I just want to see more. I see it now, but. I don't know if we can like like we like name drop people on this. If you want, podcast. I, I mean, was just sure. gonna. Do you remember Maggie? Maggie, Maggie Salmon. Oh yeah, she loves these movies. Really, I just think that I just thought that was funny. Yeah, she she like loves Sean Wick. Interesting. So Maggie, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, call uh, shout out. Yeah. You know. Uh, she yeah she dated Paul Davis for a while, who's also been on the show. So yeah. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, little uh, local gossip for you. Um, but all right, well, any uh, anything else? Uh, you got a favorite scene from this one? The knife fight and the um, the dog attack, or the the knife fight, the dog the whole attack, fr- the whole franchise. The, uh, that really. sort of siege scene from the end are are like I you can't not choose, but like yeah. they're so closely tied together. Yeah, in I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, out of five, five. It's a it's a hard four and a half for me, but I think that when I rewatch it, it'll go up to a five. I, I just feel it. I've seen it three times. So really, know. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so you all in theaters? Yeah, yeah. I, I really do. Kind of want to go see if I can catch this again before it leaves. Theaters. I usually go see movies opening night, and then I'll just catch a bunch of matinees for like four or five dollars. Oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, I honestly, after having this discussion, I might try and go see it again. But you hear about a uh, Endgame coming back to theaters? I did. Which extra I don't need content? to see an extra six minutes. I loved the movie, but uh, I'll see it again. Just you know. Yeah, I know you will. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it maybe three or four times. Really? So I'll go see it again and catch that. Hopefully, Those. it's not just a scene from Spider-Man: Far From Home or something. Yeah, but uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it comes out on Blu-ray in August, so I'll just wait for it to. Do you ever, do you ever get around to doing that on on a show? Not yet. So, Gotta get on that. Man. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to do a like an Avengers quadrilogy. Quadrilogy, uh, yeah. So, it'd be fun. Try and get Sky on for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Uh, but, but anyways, John Wick. Yeah, but uh, it's really, really grown on me. Uh, and yeah, it's one I'll definitely stay up with as it continues. You know, I hear Marvel's trying to snatch up Keanu Reeves. I did hear that as well. Yeah, which would I mean, I'm I'm down for. Then also, I, I heard they're trying to get Lady Gaga for a uh, Guardians oh. Three. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, which I I would I would love. I think it's uh, Rocket Raccoon's girlfriend. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, I've recently gotten spoiled on almost the entire plot to Guardians of the Galaxy Three. Hmm. So um pretty disappointed in that but also it sounds really good oh yeah that's good there's so there's some things that i was really hoping would be there and and yeah i'm excited for that 
Why well, I know, I mean, after much controversy, James Gunn is back doing it. So, yeah. Do you know when that's when are we supposed to be getting that? I think he's doing Suicide Squad first. So uh, I'm yeah. not sure exactly when, but I think he'll. I trust him with Suicide Squad. I do too. So. I mean, he made the Guardians cool. Yeah. So I think he's going to do way better than David Ayer. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Although I'm so <laughs> I'm so ready for. Uh, Gotham City Sirens next year, or no, uh, or Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait or for the that. Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Yeah, which that's <laughs> a mouthful. Although David Ayer is doing Gotham City Sirens, which I guess I don't know if that's coming out yeah. next year or in twenty twenty one, but he's doing that. I heard that. Uh, I heard there was gonna, like King Shark was going to be in Suicide Squad, so hmm. James Gunn is definitely going weird with it. Yeah, which I'm 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 down for. I mean, because Marco Robbie is coming back, so. Yeah. That's good. I think they they would not be met with um, much praise if they recast her. So I'm glad they're I keeping she her. She was one of the best parts of Suicide Squad. Really, yeah. like I, I did, I thought everyone else was kind of pretty miscast. Mm-hmm. But anyways, we're getting a little off topic. No, no, it's all right. <laughs> so all right, well, let's move on to our final review with John Wick done. Let's get into Atomic Blonde. And we have a clip. Let's take a listen. I didn't think that you would show. Study on the rocks. You pay attention. I look for pleasure in the details. Speaking of which, I've been dying to ask you a question. Let's go someplace quiet. So Atomic Blonde was released in 2017 and is directed by David Leach. And it's based off the the graphic novel series, The Coldest City. And it stars Charlize Theron, James McAvoy, Eddie Marzen, John Goodman, Toby Jones, James Faulkner, uh, Sophia Botella, Bill Skarsgård, Sam Hargrave, That's about it, I think. And the IMDb plot synopsis is an undercover MI6 agent is sent to Berlin during the Cold War to investigate the murder of a fellow agent and recover a missing list of double agents. So this one grossed a hundred million against a budget of 30 million. So similar to the first John Wick in terms of success. And so it's pretty, pretty decent for a non-franchise movie. Um, and like we've said, a sequel is apparently in development. And so, which I would definitely be down for. <clears throat> yeah. So, well, what do you think of Atomic Blonde? I, I don't like it as much as John Wick, but that in no way means that I, I don't like it. Um, it, it's, I still think it's amazing. Um, I actually feel like it might be a little unfair to compare it to John Wick um, just because it is its own thing, you know, but uh, I really like Charlize Theron. Yeah. She's, I love her and everything. And uh, James McAvoy is an interesting choice. Bill Skarsgård. Sophia Patella. 
Come on. Yeah, love her. Bill Skarsgård goes on to become Pennywise. Mm-hmm. Right? Eddie Marsden, a favorite of Edgar Wright, also was in yep. Sherlock Holmes. Yep. But yeah, uh, all the action in this one was also really good and creative. And uh, she shows sort of the same level of... Dedication. Yeah, skill and intelligence and and just sort of um, forcefulness as John Wick does. And uh, so I like also like that the time period change, you know. Yeah. Cold War is an interesting story. Uh, yeah, I love Cold War spy stuff, like Red Sparrow yeah. and um, Tinker Taylor and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just another really solid action movie that, like I said, came out after John Wick kind of opened the doors for this new era of of action movies it's like we're kind of in an action movie renaissance here you know mm-hmm. like all um, all all the action movies that are coming out these days are just so brilliant you yeah. know it's uh you know really doing the west proud <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah yeah so it's, it's atomic man mm-hmm. i will say great title Great oh, title. Yeah. Just yeah. it just sounds like a cool movie, mm-hmm. you know. Even if it was a horrible film, I would still dig the title. What was her her name? Um, what's her name? Uh, that's a good question, everybody. <laughs> Hang on, wait for it. Lorraine Broughton. That's not as good of a title. No. It's well, I mean, the, the original graphic novel title is "The Coldest City," which is yeah. definitely a good change. To it, Atomic Blonde. You can imagine if the movie was just called Lorraine Broughton, <laughs> like John Wick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not as catchy, but um, and it is a shame that Chloe couldn't be on this show because she loves Atomic Blonde. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we didn't get a chance to review it on the regular show when it came out, but she really, really liked it. I really liked the change of pace. To um, you know, there aren't a lot of action movies led by women mm-hmm. unless you turn to eastern eastern culture like lady snowblood and, mm-hmm. and a lot of other uh foreign films yeah um but there's not a lot of western action movies that are led by women so mm-hmm. uh and and charlie's theron is a very powerful woman for sure so um yeah she's a great action star wasn't she in Wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, just, I don't know, man. Some something in instinct or something. Way back Basic in the day. instinct, maybe. Uh, no, that I don't think so. I don't know. She was in but, that Aeon Flux movie. That yeah, and she was in uh, Fury Road, of course. Right, right. She's been in a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll I'll jump in. I mean, so I I want I I'd like the movie. Uh, for sure, but I want to love it. I've seen it maybe three times now. Wow, yeah. And it's just, I, I agree that the action in it is fantastic. Uh, like, it's it's always on point, and the choreography is great, just like John Wick. And But there are, similar to John Wick, but I'd say even more at fault, is that there are just these long stretches in between the action that they really indulge in this very familiar uninteresting plot of this like i mean we've seen the whole like a list of agents getting out into the world 
plot many times at this point. Like I think Rogue Nation was the one, the Mission Possible that did that, or either that or Ghost Protocol. I can't remember which one. Who even knows? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I Fallout's the only one that matters. Yeah. Although, man, that motorcycle chase in Rogue Nation, you can't beat that. You know, driving through the the, the cars and trucks, it's, it's a good. I love the whole, I think my favorite part of the Mission Impossible series is the, rub, the rubber face technology. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so unrealistic. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> it's cool, though. <laughs> I love it. Um, but, yeah, so, like, it, it just, I, I, I'm enjoying the movie for about 30 minutes, and then there are just these stretches that are kind of dull to me. And so I'm just waiting for the action to jump um, back. But I do like, I'd say even more so than the John Wick movies, I like it visually. I think it looks really good. I like this the spray paint title cards, aside from the opening one where it's like the Cold War happened and then this and then that, and then it spray paints over it and says, this is not that story. Like yeah, it's just yeah, a little really too like self-aware. Uh, but I do like the spray paint look. And I, I, yeah, I like Charlie Theron a lot as well. Although there is a scene directed or lifted, excuse me, from Inglorious Bastards where she's fighting behind the movie projector and they use the song Cat People from Inglorious Bastards. It's like almost like a direct lift, which I'm not crazy about. But um, I think the, uh, the like sort of the plot lacking in this movie and, and all three of the John Wicks, uh, it I imagine it comes from, I know Chad wasn't a part of Atomic Blonde, but Chad and David being <clears throat> really involved in the um, stunt industry and just sort of like working behind the scenes and then wanting to, like coming forward with this script and of John Wick 1 and, and wanting to be writers and directors. And, you know, they, it's, I'm not saying they don't know what they're talking about or like, or like they did a bad job or anything, but it's it, it's like they probably know more about choreo- choreography and doing stunts than they do about writing. Yeah. So, you know, they, that's why the action is so brilliant, but the plot's kind of lacking because mm. I imagine they, I don't know them, but I imagine they don't have a lot of experience writing a movie, but they have plenty of experience doing stunts and doing choreographies. So. Yeah, and it's not so much that I have an issue with a movie like this taking on a very familiar plot. It's just that how much time they spend on it in this movie in particular. It's just these, like, we can, for the most part, we can see where it's going, but, and so I don't see why they didn't just cut some of that down a little bit because clearly you're there for the action and the style and when they're just talking about this list of agents getting out and double crossing each other, it's not that interesting. I think even with everything else surrounding it, but I I do like the soundtrack a lot. I just like it's kind of pulpy style and the, the staircase fight, the shootout towards the end is I think the best scene in the movie. And it's like, it's a single take, I think for the most Mm -hmm. part. And so yeah, just very brutal and intense I, I do really like Sophia Patella in it. I mean, I, I'm just a big fan of hers in general. Like the Mummy, brilliant, you know. <laughs> and then Kingsman. she was, and she was in Kingsman, and she was just in a Gaspar Noe's climax, and she was great in that a few months ago. Oh, and, and Star Trek Beyond as well. Oh yeah, that is her. Yeah. 
And so I, although one one casting choice is John Goodman, he just he's been taking so many of these these kind of um, suit. I don't know what's the best word to describe it. Like these government figures, so much these last couple of years, and it's just starting to feel so much like a just like a paycheck for him. I don't really remember who he even plays. He's one of the the like uh, MI six suit guys talking to Charlie's Theron about. See, I don't even. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. Is he kind of like Cillian Murphy and Anna? Like, is that the kind of role he? A little bit. Yeah. Plays? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I like the Cold War setting, like we, like we mentioned, and it is, yeah, it's just a very nice non-affiliated action movie, and I think that. It's yeah, it's just and I, I like the Cinderella moment where there's the car crash and James McAvoy goes, Don't shoot, I've got your shoe. And she, he has the high heel high heel in his hand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just I just I can't help it. Every time I go into this movie, I wanna love it, but there's just parts of it that I am kind of bored through. Um and I know some people love it, like like Chloe loves it, and one of our other guests uh, jeremy who we had on recently really really likes it and so i know there are really big fans of it but even with all of that said even though i don't love the movie i want to see more of this like i would happily see many sequels to this movie regardless yeah because i think it really has potential and um yeah i've been thinking about how they do a, a crossover with john wick unless see they couldn't do like John Wick when he was younger. Yeah. He wasn't even alive probably. And because John Wick, John Wick takes place in the year that it came out, I think. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Cold War is like the forties. The I mean, it's like, yeah, like mid 20th century to late. Yeah. Like up until 1989 so or 1990. They'd have, they'd have to do like, you know, her daughter or something. Yeah. I don't know, but. Um, oh, I do like one little visual sequences. I like the uh, like her taking the ice bath mm, at the I beginning. About that. Yeah, it's a it's a good moment. One thing uh, in terms of the the plot in the movie, and it's similar to John Wick three actually, is there is this very tacked on ending where there is there is kind of a resolution with the whole agent list, but then there's this these twists about who she is. And this final little action sequence that feels so unnecessary to what we've seen before that and doesn't really, since it's not really part of a franchise yet, it feels very unnecessary and I'm just kind of ready for it to be over by then. And so I wish they kind of could have just cut that because it's really unneeded, I think. Um, And yeah, that's just another example of them spending way too much time on stuff that I don't think many people actually care about. But... um, how how do you feel about the Sophia Batella Charlize Theron romance in the movie? <laughs> Take it or leave it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't. I feel like we don't know enough about them. To really, well, I mean, like she just, she's only just met her. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's more of like a physical attraction thing. Yeah, but uh, maybe I don't know. Who knows that they why they put that in there? Mm. It's like shock value. Who knows? Or to to pull in a. A wider Men. audience. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. 
I yeah, mean, although, yeah, I mean, I just do really like both of them in general. Just their presence in the movie is great. Yeah. And, yeah, Sophia Boutella just has such an interesting look and voice to she her. Does. Just, like, in a, just in a very natural way. The first movie I ever saw her in was Kingsman, so. Yeah, me too. It, I, uh, I didn't know if she actually had metal legs or not. <laughs> you know, because she, she could have. She could have. I was like, is she, she actually disabled? And I looked it up and I was like, no, she didn't have metal legs. No. <laughs> Sadly not. Um, but yeah, I, I I mean I'll I'll you know rewatch it again and I'll I'll revisit it. But I just I wish I could love it more than I do or like it more than I do. But I think there are some noticeable um, segments that are are not that interesting and kind of bring the movie down for me. Um, okay. Although I would like to hear maybe on the regular show maybe Chloe or someone else. Uh, fire back a little bit as to why maybe they don't have as much of an issue with that but do you think she'll listen to this she might i mean it's it's on it's gonna be on the regular feed so she might listen to it I think she'll hear this and she'll she'll, cheat <laughs> she'll be furious yeah <laughs> but um i mean she's talked about it on the regular show before too so um yeah, every time you say that i just think of of regular show the the cartoon never saw it you don't know about the bird and the the squirrel? No. You know no. what that is? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not ringing a bell. On Cartoon Network? No. No, I missed that one. I'm sure some of our valued listeners know what regular <laughs> Yeah, any, any regular show fans out there, <laughs> let us know. Oh, yeah. Well, I was, just before we started, I was watching the Angry Birds movie on 4K. What a brilliant movie. The <laughs> first one? Yeah. Well, I guess that's the only one. That's... The second one's coming out in a couple yeah. months. I just saw a trailer for that because I saw Toy Story 4 yesterday. So I just saw a trailer for the second one. It looks... uh looks great, man. <laughs> no, I mean, the first know. one is not amazing, but the 4K looks incredible. Trailers for all those um, all those kids' movies. Mm-hmm. Toy Story 4, because uh, I watched Toy Story 1 and 2 before I went to see 4. The animation has gotten so much better. Yeah, although I still think 2 looks pretty good. I think 1 does not look great. But I think two and yeah, three still two look very good. A big improvement, but um, like in in four, the the first scene, it's like raining, and it just looks like it looks so good. Really? I, yeah, yeah I, I I'm gonna see it maybe tomorrow. So I'm I'm a big Toy Story fan. So you know, there was a trailer for Angry Birds two, the the new Trolls movie World Tour. Man, Hollywood is just booming. Uh, <laughs> oh man, they're killing it. Dora the Explorer. Yep, executive produced by City Michael Boy. Bay, by Sir Michael Bay. You know, <laughs> I probably I probably see that out of I will too, man. Curiosity. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll probably review it. Actually, I think Benicio Chloe De Toro's voice in Swiper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think Chloe was saying she actually thinks it looks kind of good, and so we might end up reviewing that. Um, Danny Trejo is Boots. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. But yeah, it was. Uh, there were only, there were only like, like four or five people in the theater for Toy Story Four. Interesting. Well, I know it's doing well, but I don't think it's doing as well as maybe they they think. I mean, it's, it's been a few days since it came out. It was a, uh, it was a Tuesday. It was ten a.m. So not surprised there weren't a lot of people there, yeah. but. Yeah, I know it didn't make as much as as they thought it was going to make, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, it was great. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Keanu is in that one as well. 
He is. He is as Mr. Duke Kaboom. Yeah. Does a good job. All right. Well, uh, anything else about Atomic Blonde? It's Atomic, man. Yeah, man. Great title. So. All right. Well, it's a, it's a light four for me. I think it was a three and a half originally. But Oh, yeah. What's your, uh, what's your favorite scene? The sh- uh, stairway sequence. Same. Yeah. Yeah, that's me too. Um, uh, and and the, the ice bath. Four as well. Cool. All right. Well, with all the reviews done, I guess we can just end off with our highs and lows, like which is the, like I said, the new segment that we're going to hopefully be doing for all of our bonus shows. And sec- no, you're fine. We've had much worse. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we can do our top, our highs first, our top five highs. So Jacob, I'll, you mind if I kick things off? No. Yeah, go ahead. And this includes Atomic Blonde, not just with the John Wick. So uh, t- uh, five, dog murder motivation in John Wick. <laughs> oh, right. I like how everything is fueled simply by the dog being killed. I thought, you, I, mean, I thought you were saying the scene where the dog gets killed. And no, no, no. Man, love that scene. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just that dog murder motivation is great. Mm-hmm. Very simple, but it works. Very relatable. Four, Hitman Hotel slash neutral zone for Hitman concept. Just a very stupid but fun idea in the context of the movie. Three, like we just touched on, Charlize Theron's performance and stunt ability in Atomic Blonde, just pretty second to none when it comes to that kind of stuff. Two, Keanu Reeves's natural oddness and delivery. He just has this weird aspect or nature about him that I just is very interesting to watch. And then one, the action sequences in John Wick 2 and 3 with the dog attack, the knife attack in 3, and then the tunnel shootout in 2. So, all right. what about you? Let's see. If we're starting from the bottom, yeah. Yeah, uh, God, it's, it's like difficult. Five, probably... We're getting there. <laughs> Give them time, uh, everybody. Give them time. The um, the sort of odd characters that appear here and there in the in the series, like like Commons character and, and Peter Stormare, Lawrence Fishburne, um, the Adjudicator. You know, just sort of these like graphic novel characters yeah which these movies are based on graphic novels the john wick ones are they either that or they wrote some after i think it's afterwards it was okay well yeah, yeah. But still uh four would have to be i mean i didn't i didn't prepare for this <laughs> <laughs> let's let's just be aware i i told jacob about this yesterday but that's okay well i was thinking like specific scenes well no that's you can do that too okay yeah it can be anything uh uh, i'd have to say four four is probably that uh that whole art museum part at the uh the end of the second john wick Mm -hmm. with all the mirrors and when he when he takes that guy's gun and like flips it with one hand to check the ammo and oh yeah oh yeah man and uh just just uh yeah yeah that 
three is um it's probably gonna be so many. Just uh Just Keanu Reeves, man. Mm-hmm. Just Keanu Reeves' uh, delivery as John Wick and just his uh, his general demeanor, yeah. his presence. Mm-hmm. It's great, man. His energy. Yeah. You know, uh, two, creativity uh, in all in all of these these movies. You know, the creativity of uh, John Wick's kills in the in the first through third movie the the creativity of um the whole assassin underground and you know how the ins and outs of how it works and uh just i you know i think a big word that i would attach to these movies is creativity you know the stairwell scene and atomic blonde and mm-hmm. and um and dedication as well mm-hmm mm-hmm and number one is is going to be the same as your number one. Just those big, huge standout scenes, mostly from the third movie, uh, knife fight, end of uh, movie fight, yeah, in the, the siege hotel, the hotel siege, um, dog fight, just uh, motorcycle fight. <laughs> yeah, just all of it. You know, it's just uh, it's unbeatable. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. so um. Hopefully you got my meaning. Oh yeah, kind of stumbled. Oh, yeah. No, no, those. you're good. But uh, all right, well, let's get on to our our lows. All right. So five, Peter Stormare, uh, opening monologue <laughs> all, all the way and, at the and and performance uh, in John Wick Two. Uh, in the opening, just brutal. <laughs> Four, the visual style of John Wick One, just feels kind of dated and like a '90s music video. <laughs> Uh, three common and John McTwo just not crazy about common. He kind of sticks out in various ways. Two, the score soundtrack overuse in John Wick One, just too much, too bombastic, and also at times feels kind of dated as well, and not really in a good way. And then number one, worst thing of all four of these movies, insurance actor from John Wick One, all right, the raccoon guy. <laughs> All right. So, just not good. <laughs> All right. What about you? Uh, five. Um, I just had it. Uh, I'm gonna stumble my way through these again. That's all right. That's our motto on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Number five: the fact that a dog was killed. Oh man, I, yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, doesn't deserve it's, it. It's tough. It's rough. Mm-hmm. It's a tragic scene. It is. Uh, four. <laughs> I just had it, man. It's, just... it's all right. Four is... Uh, three is... Um... Skipping four. <laughs> For now. Three is uh, is sort of the lack of... of um, Like the, the story is kind of lacking. Mm-hmm. In, in some ways, um, not really beefing up the storytelling, kind of a focus on the action, which uh, I definitely don't mind that much, but I just feel like there could have been more story there. 
two is this whole weird sequence with the uh, guy in the desert. Yeah. Um, wasn't a huge fan of that. I thought it was kind of out of place and it was kind of a, a real down moment. It, it, it separated a couple action scenes. Like there was a lot of downtime mm-hmm. there. And uh, number one, See, this is much harder because I, I just love everything mm. so much. What yeah. about an, anything in Atomic Blonde? Yeah, no, Atomic Blonde's not getting a lot of love here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd have to... <laughs> I'd, I'll put Atomic Blonde so, somewhere in number four for um, kind of being a little a little down in some, some areas, like you said. Uh, just... Lackluster storytelling? Yeah. Yeah. And um, not as energized mm-hmm. as, as the John Wick movies. And uh, I guess we'll say number one, the fact that you know, we got to wait so long for John Wick 4. <laughs> That's a good one. Unexpected. Yeah. Yeah, it's too, not, it's too bad we got to wait two years. Not looking forward to the wait. Having to look forward mm-hmm. to John Wick 4. Yeah. No, we're in it now, man. We're 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 looking forward to. We're we're waiting. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Looking back. It's it's rough. <laughs> it's rough what we do. So yeah, I you know, that's that's, that's your it. That's, that's your highs it. and lows, man. Could, that's, uh, that's it. It's up to the, the listeners now to decide and what to take from it. So Yeah, if you just wanna skip ahead to to when I actually say things, you know, you can do that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that about does it for the show. Uh, I think it was a definitely a good talk, for sure. Even if it was just the two of us here. But yeah. So if you haven't already, go ahead and download the the bonus shows on at thefilmbuds.bandcamp.com, and that link is in the show notes as well. And Jacob has been on, I guess, the most recent two. On which was Guy Ritchie and then the DC Cinematic Universe. And we've also done Steven Soderbergh, uh, Brie, Brie Larson, Leonardo DiCaprio. So check those out. Just donate a dollar and uh, it goes to help support the show. But this one, obviously, if you're listening to it, it's, you know, it's on the house. Just as an, another thank you to the people who've been supporting us over the last two years, including you, Jacob. So thank you, man, for no the time that you've given and if I, if I was closer i'd definitely want to be a, a regular yeah we'd love to have you it's about a 45 minute drive though yeah that's so. yeah, a little much <laughs> understandable you know how's that housing market here in hillsborough it's pricey yeah but i mean there's there's stuff to be had small town yeah but it's a good place you know it's a good place to live so uh what uh oh yeah so like we've said stay tuned for the regular episode this week, which is episode number 88, which is going to be on Toy Story 4, and as well as a number of Pixar short films, some of the ones that play have played before, the the features. And it's possible Chloe will have one of her friends on, but it's not verified just yet. So Are you going to do the one with the um, the dumpling? I think we we did that when we reviewed Incredibles 2. So we probably won't include that one. What um, day are you doing this? 
Friday evening. Uh, I'll be gone. Where? I'm just going to, to Virginia. Oh, nice. I go there every now and then. My yeah. girlfriend works there. Oh, cool. Yeah. But, yeah, so make sure to stay tuned for that one. Uh, that'll be recorded in just a couple of days. And I'm not sure in terms of bonus shows, I'm not sure what we'll be doing next. I mean, Chloe and I have tossed around a, a bunch of ideas, but one I guess I'll mention that we c- might be doing at some point is a live commentary track on a film or two, uh, like maybe Harry Potter, because she's a huge fan of that. And we'd also talked about doing Harmony Corinne's The Beach Bum, but nothing is set yet. But I think at some point, maybe within the next month or two, we might try and do a some kind of live commentary track for people to follow along with. The possibilities are endless. Really? I mean, it is it is pretty endless. And if you have any suggestions, you can email us at the filmbudspodcast at gmail.com. Do you do a do you do like a Godzilla King of the Monsters? We, I, I talked about it on the regular show, but we have not done a Godzilla bonus show. I would I would be down though. You do like a massive Godzilla bonus show. Because that is a blind spot. Like I have not seen a bunch of the classic Godzillas aside from the original. So I would you should be see Shin Godzilla. Oh, I did see that. I did see oh, that. That did. was good. Okay. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. So that that would be fun, but again, you know, we don't want to officially say right 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 uh just yet but you know again feel free to send us your ideas and uh yeah the, the commentary track would be something pretty fun to do uh with uh, you know whoever wants to join us yeah i've been really enjoying your your bonus shows so i'd be oh, happy you. to be on on whatever thank you yeah well, and we i mean wants. again we always appreciate you taking the time because you know it's it's time and so you know we if you want to do like a like a brad pitt he's my favorite actor. i would love to I mean, uh, Jesse James is one of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we got to include that. I saw that about a year ago, I think. Yeah. Mr. Oh, now, Fight Club. are you excited for Ad Astra, the space movie? I haven't actually heard of it. Jacob. I, you got you to, it's, uh, the trailer is out for about a, a week or two now. It's a, like an interstellar gravity kind of film as i just just missed that yeah I'm, I'm definitely excited for once upon a time in hollywood oh yeah oh yeah coming out in just a few weeks i've so. kind of um fallen off the quentin tarantino train but we the all know your was really good we all know your hatred of the hateful eight so yeah <laughs> the the trailer was really good and you know brad pitt's in it so yeah yeah but uh ad astra comes out in september i think so you should okay. yeah, give, that, give that one a, a tickle you know so <laughs> So, um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, we'll, I mean, we'll definitely be doing a, another bonus show within the next few weeks, probably. And also the Music Buds podcast is still oh, yeah, you in the works. That. And so right. we'll try and do record that sometime again in the next month or so. I'd, lo- I'd love to come on an episode of that. We'd love that. All right. Yeah. Well, cool. M- you know? Music is, uh, is up there with movies for me. I'd yeah. say music's almost a little bit above movies really? in terms of well, cool entertainment i like to consume and enjoy yeah dude i mean yeah me too um so yeah stay tuned for all of that stuff but we'll keep you updated on on facebook and twitter and so please follow us on on there and on instagram if you haven't already we're, we're, ev- we're a, everywhere uh, extra bonus show for two dollars a piece maybe on what <laughs> on just even better stuff yeah <laughs> john wick again but yeah uh, so yeah, Secret stuff. there's plenty of stuff in the works, everybody. So thank you so much again for everything, <clears throat> and um, stay <clears throat> stay tuned for all of that because we're 
we just love podcasting and having our buddies on. And so we'll, whenever we can put out a show, we will, no matter what. So a Studio Ghibli bonus show. Oh, that would be good. That would be really good. Well, because they just re-released Spirited Away in theaters, I think. So that would be a kind of timely thing to do. So that's a good idea. Um, But all right. Well, Jacob, thanks again. Once again, man, I really appreciate you taking the time and um, keep us updated about your uh, your big move. Yeah, I will. So, you know. um, and, and best of luck with it. I know it's frustrating. So thank you. you know. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All right. Well, uh, we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we did. And we'll see you next time.